When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. Although I am a Texas girl at heart, I have lived in Los Angeles for the last 20 years, and I've loved every second of it. I am obsessed with classic Hollywood movie stars and the rich entertainment history of Los Angeles. So I thought it would be an absolute blast to hear more about the history the drama, and the beauty of this vintage era. I'm chatting with historian, columnist, and TV producer, Allison Martino, who has been deemed the godmother of LA to break down all of this juicy and fascinating information about the city that I love. This is The Secret to Vintage Hollywood. So I'm so happy about all of this, Allison. Thank you so much for being willing to come in person and do this podcast. And I say that so excitedly because we've had to do so many podcasts virtually that it's it's even more exciting to not only have you, the expert, the godmother of Hollywood, but... It's so exciting to have you here in person. Your energy is so infectious. Well, thank you for having me. I, I love that we're like right off Sunset Strip. I know. <laughs> like I know. The perfect place to do a podcast. Isn't it crazy? Yes, we're I love doing it. it. This topic, we are actually on Sunset. Yep. Yep. So we're like we're like the like one of my favorite buildings actually. Oh, really? <laughs> so oh. yeah, I won't give it away because that'd be a secret. No. <laughs> so but fun. It's a pretty great. Um, I mean, Sunset Strip. We could even start there. I mean, you yeah. know, all the changes and everything that's happened. But yeah. and well, I don't live uh, very far from here. I've really? always lived near the Sunset Strip, and I think I'll always continue to live near the strip. Yeah, I I have to tell you that it was hard for me to leave Texas. I really love Texas, as I said, a a Texas girl at heart. But the minute I stepped foot in California, the minute I stepped foot in LA, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, I knew I would be here the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm born and raised. So, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of changes and I, I will, I'll never leave. (laughs) I mean, I take the good, the bad and the whole, I mean, LA is like a movie set to me. Yeah. You know, it it, it goes up, things come down. And we can fight for, you know, fight for what we hope we can. But, you know, there's a lot of changes in L.A. And you got to have a really, I don't know, strong heart to just kind of see the change. But there's always good that comes with with any city you live in that you love. But there is a feeling, just this whole aura of living here that you truly can feel Hollywood. You just you truly can feel that you're in Almost that you're living in on a movie set or in right. a movie. Yeah. I mean, when I, again, this area that we're in now, you mm-hmm. know, there used to be that restaurant across the way called Hamburger Hamlet. Yep. I mean, as a kid, I would see Lucia Ball in there yeah. and, and Dean Martin and, and you know, those those kinds. I sat next to Betty Davis once. <gasps> <Really>? <laughs> yeah. Yes. When, when I was about 16. So, yeah, you always feel and see uh-huh. 
elements of Hollywood here. The uh-huh. old Hollywood is, is is old Hollywood, and we there, a lot of that is is sort of gone now. But um, but there's so much of it. Like Whiskey Go Go's not far away. That just nope. got landmarked. Yes, and there's yes. still you know. Um, there's just a lot of venues around here and historic restaurants yeah. like Dantana's in the neighborhood and yes. Muso and Frank celebrated 102 years. Oh, I know. It's like- Our youngest son has actually performed at Whiskey A Go-Go. Wow. So we already have a memorable history of living here in this town. Absolutely. I mean, playing the Whiskey A Go-Go is big time. <laughs> exactly. The Rainbow Room. and yep. the, the, the Viper Room. The Viper yep. Room. Uh, yes. Up yeah. and down Sunset I remember Strap. Tower Records. Uh, you know, yes. it was like the music mecca. Yes. around here. And luckily, yes. the Rainbow and the Whiskey are owned by the same family. So they've landmarked those, I wow. think, well, the Whiskey and the, yeah, and the Rainbow are landmarks. So they're yeah. never going away. Never going never away. Never going away. And you know what? That's we... a secret, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so The fun. fact that a lot of people don't realize landmarking will help keep businesses going if oh. the business oh. wants to have it landmarked. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in the sense the family never wanted it to go away. So they made sure that they were involved in the landmarking, so congrats to them. Wow. Uh, just less than a year ago, Philip got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. I mean, so, that, does it get bigger than that? It doesn't. I does don't it? know. <laughs> it doesn't get bigger than that. I don't think so. So I do feel like I'm I'm in a building that is very, very important, but this entire building, and I can walk through in this office and look out the windows and see the Hollywood Hills and See very yes. very famous landmarks. Yes. It 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 really is very special. Yeah, I don't special. think we sometimes realize how high we up here. We are up on the mm-hmm. Sunset Strip. We're really high up. Yes, you know the the houses we see up in the hills, but when they look down at us, they look down even further down to downtown and the beach, uh-huh. and so we're pretty high up. Yeah, exactly. If you even just look around in this office, you could tell my true heartfelt connection to this town. I'm. I'm a huge Marilyn Monroe fan, Audrey Hepburn, <laughs> I can see. and just everywhere I live. So I felt connected to this, like I said earlier, to this town the minute we landed and stepped foot on the ground and knew that we were going to create a life here. Right. So tell everyone about what your childhood was like living in Beverly Hills in the 70s. <laughs> um, uh, one of my favorite eras, I'm very glad I got to grow up in the 70s in Beverly Hills because Beverly Hills really wasn't considered Beverly Hills the way it is now. There yeah. was no like famous zip code, you know, really? like when 90210, the show came out, I'm like, what? Our zip code is famous. And when I would travel around the country with my dad, who was a singer, people would, when I would write a check, they'd be like, You're, there's no such zip code as 90210. That's a TV <laughs> show, you know, but really? when I was growing up in the seventies, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't really Gucci and Prada and, and all that. It was more like mom and pop shops, like. J.J. Newberry and Woolworths. And, um, you know, we sat a lot, of, lot more delis and we still have Nate Nows, thank God. Yeah. And, um, but more like, it just felt more like a village. Yeah. You know, we used to see like Doris Day, you know, riding her bike oh. on Beverly Drive. We'd see Fred Astaire at the post office and Jack Lemon at Thrifty. Really? <laughs> we went, now it's Rite Aid, but we, I still call it Thrifty. And, you know, seeing Natalie Wood shop for her daughter who's similar in oh. age of, 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 of me. Uh, and little shops like Toby's. And these were all like mom and pop shops. They weren't uh-huh. where you see the same shop in every mall now. Yes. So everything feels not as, I don't know, unique. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> as as chic and 
and very, uh, very Beverly Hills. Was there a Rodeo Drive? Yeah, there was a Rodeo Drive, and there was definitely a Gucci there because I remember it in the 70s. But it was more of a... Uh, it just wasn't uh, where everybody went. You know, I think uh-huh. it, today oh, also, I mean, Beverly Drive is restaurant row now. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just nothing but Italian restaurants. That's great. Love to see the, all the restaurants on the streets. But back then it was a little more like stationary shops and, you know, like, again, like just more mom and pop shops. And the older Hollywood crowd was, was I guess you just ran into them more. You know, wow. you would see them more and there wasn't any paparazzi or, yeah. you know, a TMZ trying to get bad pictures of people. <laughs> you know, there was more like photographers that were fans of like a Natalie Wood or, uh-huh. you know, that wanted to get a great picture of her. <laughs> Let's take a moment because you mentioned TMZ and explain to the listeners that may not know what TMZ stands for. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I kept thinking about like, what well, if Natalie Wood was alive today, would she have an Instagram account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's funny how like celebrity, I, I'm not talking about TMZ. I'm just talking about celebrities now or, or, or anyone who's in the public eye has this big social media platform that has to be very curated, you know, and, yep. and, and, and brands have to be tagged. And, you know, it's, it's actually incredible marketing. I mean, I, I really like the tool of Instagram and, and the platforms of social media. But back then, you know, I used to work for a publicist named Warren Cowan from uh-huh. Rogers and Cowan. Yes. And he basically created publicity in the 50s. You know, no one had ever yeah. heard of that. And uh, they would create publicity stunts. You know, I mean, I think there's been a couple of Lucy episodes where they kind of, you know, do that as a shtick. But, yeah. um, you know, today like, we're going to plant in the paper that Lucio Ball is going to be at the pool at the Beverly Hills Polo Lounge. And, and then everyone maybe would come and maybe get a picture and see yeah. it. it was PR. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now I feel today, I think they're calling TMZ <laughs> oh, and telling TMZ where they're going to be. Yeah. I read that your father's character in The Godfather, which was rumored to be based on Frank Sinatra, got a lot of heat in production. <laughs> you could say that. Um, yeah. I mean, my dad took the role of Johnny Fontaine. He, it was a composite of many different Italian-American singers. The book was about Johnny Fontaine that Mario Puzo had written. And when dad got that part from Bob Evans, it was, there was no audition process. It was, this is your part. You, this is you. Um, so he took it. And then, yes, there was tremendous flack from the chairman of the board, oh. <laughs> Blue Eyes, you know, but didn't really want that character in the film. It wasn't um, too much towards my father personally, as much it was, uh, I think he would have liked that whole part to have been right. cut and have no Johnny Fontaine part because he probably thought people would wrongly think that he had horses heads put in people's right. beds to get right. movie roles, which no. was really not at all what Mario Puzo was going for it. No. I'm sure Mario loved Frank Sinatra. He loved Al Martino. He loved, yeah. he loved my, those kind of singers. And so it was a great opportunity for my dad. But as a result, yes, he's in the greatest movie ever made, in my opinion. Yes. He, yes, uh, he, he, he got a blacklist from Vegas for about huh? 20 years. Really? Yeah, because uh, Frank made a couple statements to a couple of the, you know, uh, entertainment directors. Well, if Al Martino plays here, I don't want to play here. <gasps> and I, they took him seriously. And I mean, looking back on this, it's been a big part of my life. I I really don't think Frank was this big bully that came in and just said, you know, I I hope his career goes down the toilet. I don't think it was that. I think he just didn't like that part. What a shame. I know. And said things. And as a result of that, 
you know, I think dad probably could have gotten back into Vegas if he really had called, but he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm popular in Europe and Atlantic city and Lake Tahoe and fountain blue. And, you know, I think at that in the seventies, yeah. we're thinking we look back on as the golden years of Vegas, the fifties, sixties and seventies, you always think it's going to be there. Yep. And now it's a totally different Vegas. Exactly. Like, you know, like, exactly. You know, the so, Sands is gone. They're all gone. Were your father and Frank friends in spite of that? They knew each other and they ran into each other at times. I had secretly always wanted them to make up. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was a big Frank fan. And yeah. um, actually, when I would get in fights with my dad as a kid, I would put a Frank Sinatra poster outside my door. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But it was, it was like we had fun with me. My father always said, you you know, the talent is one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never, like, the man was so talented. My my favorite singer, um, my dad's my favorite singer, too. They were different uh-huh. styles. Uh-huh. But they were not, free, they were not friendly. Oh, I wish they were. But they knew shame. each other. They were on the same label. Uh-huh. They hung out with the same friends. They had the same manager. Oh. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't happen. Well, I just hate that, right? You know, as, as the years have gone by and to have to look back at yes, that. Yes, yes. To think that two talented men yes. could let a movie, yes. huge movie, yes. uh, have it affect. Yeah, there was a lot of like there that. was a lot of weird things that uh, lines that they were sort of like moments they were crossing paths because uh-huh. Dad was supposed to, to record "Strangers of the Night," and then he had to go to floor. Uh, I'm sorry, he had to go to Australia to promote "Spanish Eyes." When he came back, Frank got the song. <gasps> So there was always wow. these things between Frank and dad. And I think Frank saw dad towards the end of Frank's life at Mateo's. And he <gasps> sort of waved over to dad, but dad did not walk over. <laughs> you, you know, Italians, my father always said this very funny line, and I think there's truth to it. Uh, Italians suffer from Italian Alzheimer's where they forget everything but a grudge. <laughs> So there's that. Ooh. Yeah, I have. You should my- have that printed, crocheted, <laughs> embroidered, or something somewhere in your life. I know, and on, put on it a- in your home somewhere. It's. I think I'm. I'm more on my mom's side. My mom's. Yeah. I, I don't really hold grudges too much. Yeah. You have to do something no, really horrible. Yeah, you know. But just it did. It just did. An ode to your father. I think yeah. that's a that's a. Good, used to say it on stage. Yeah, you yeah, know, because people yeah. used to say, "Why are you not? Why are you not singing Strangers in the Night?" And and he would tell the story. Well, I didn't get the song because Frank. And I, we forget, you know. Then he yeah. would go into it. It was always got to laugh. So, in show business, you have to have a sense of humor about things because when you go out there and you're being interviewed or you're singing or you're live in front of people, you never want to come off as bitter. No. You have a job to Life do is too, too short. You have fans that want to yeah. see what you do and you have a beautiful voice. So he, he never really used it against anyone. It was, it. he had fun with it actually. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. You know what? We've come to a place, I think, this is perfect for us to do our one of two things we do with every podcast, and we do a drink of the day, and we create the drink of the day for our in honor of our guest, and this drink is called the Hollywood Dirty Martini. Oh, my God. Now, Frank, (laughs) 
If you're listening to us, <laughs> well, could didn't I do be this because of you? Do I take this? Yeah. This is amazing. So, and I'm so happy we're here together in person. So like I we said, you're s- spoiling me big on this one. <laughs> so now in honor of beautiful Los Angeles, yes. I chose oh. a cocktail that just screams old Hollywood. And that is a dirty martini. It sure is. Is it this gorgeous? Oh, and, and, and it's a nice big glass. So this has two and a half ounces of vodka, one half ounce of dry vermouth, one half ounce of olive juice. I do like olives. Two olives to garnish. You combine all the ingredients into a shaker with ice. Give it a healthy shake until ice cold. Strain into a martini glass and garnish with olives. So cheers. Cheers. Yay. This is so exciting. This is very exciting. This is really exciting. And I'm cheers glad it's to my and first it's funny. martini. It's cocktail hour, too. It is. It is. <laughs> to all the listeners, we're doing this at five o'clock. Yeah, this is not nine thirty in the, the end morning. of a day. Um, so cheers. Now, cheers. So tell the listeners, what does it take to name a building historical? And then what does that descriptor mean? So it's, it is a complicated process. I'm learning it as I'm going. I'm working on something right now to be landmarked, but you have to get a proof. Well, see, it's different um, for everybody. If you own the land, then you, and you want to have it landmarked, you, you're ahead of the game because it's your property, it's your business, you want to keep it going. If it's not your property, um, that's a little trickier because mm-hmm. maybe the landlord doesn't want you to be landmarked because one day he might want to sell that property off. Oh. So you got to just go to city council and uh, write up a bunch of notes about it. How, why is it historic? How old is it? What did it used to be before it was that? Is there an architect attached to it? Does it have significant cultural representative of the city? Um, was it a house before that became a restaurant? Was it a restaurant that became, a, you know, there's all like oh. norms, for example, was landmarked. The, the a coffee shop on La Cienega. Yes. Because it had a, a, well, it did have a, a very renowned architect attached to it. But um, norms, norms wanted it landmarked. You know, they wanted to keep their business going and someone had purchased the property oh. and really could have taken it down and put anything you wanted there, more apartment buildings. And so Norm's, we all went down and we got it landmarked before he could do anything. And then once you're landmarked, you have, uh, you could get arrested if you try to take it down, even if it's your property. Really? Or you get heavily fined. Wow. I I, drive by Norm's every day on the way to the studio. I love that. In fact, the guy, I I don't want to like, it's not this person specifically because he actually was pretty nice about it, but um you know, your land, your property gets landmarked and you have no say now what you can do with your property. Oh. Uh, it's, it's limited now to what you can do. Um, that's where it gets tricky. And sometimes um, it happened down in, in, a, in a, the broiler. They took down this the old Johnny's, co- I think it was a Bob's Big Boy that they weren't allowed to do. Uh-huh. And the guy came with a bulldozer and bulldozed it in the middle of the night because <gasps> he was so mad that he couldn't. And anyway, he just got fined and they ended up restoring it and putting it back but yeah really it, it gets very it can get dirty <laughs> like it wow. can get really rough between landlords and people trying to, to land in the it. middle of the night yes he did it himself yes. but they were able to preserve it he didn't get it all but he, he got wow. a big portion of it and then somehow preservation the, got the right architects to put it back <laughs> so let me ask you this is mel's drive-in on sunset is it so that it been- that that used to be ben frank's Oh. So that's an original structure. They're the perfect example of incorporating a new business into an older building. Oh. So that was a mid-century building built in the 50s. 
looks like a cabin, yeah. low ceiling, low, you know, it comes all the way down to the ground. I love that building. Anyway, when Mel's took it over, they said, we don't have to do anything to it. Just change the name. Oh. And it was smart. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, why should, yeah. So that should happen more often. <laughs> because it looks like it's been deemed a landmark because the first night we lived here, we went to Mel's Drive-In. Oh, good. And we love it. So we go there quite often. The one on Sunset? On Sunset. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Like I said, I love it too. And it's, again, it's a perfect example of repurposing an older building, okay. keeping it in as a coffee shop. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. bravo to them. I'm, I'm, oh. yeah. So- what buildings have you fought hard to preserve as historical? Um, Norm's was a big crusade. Um, I'm now working on a restaurant that I don't want to say the name of oh, it okay. yet, okay. Um, but it's a, it's definitely going to make it, I think. Oh, I'm so I just excited. joined a new company. I, I do work with the LA Conservancy on occasion. Um, I like this company called Save. Uh, they're not a company. They're, you know, um, they are a group. That does go out and try to save. They actually do save stuff. They're called Save Iconic Architecture. Oh. And I'm going to be doing, presenting um, some slides of, of buildings we've 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 lost and buildings we should preserve sometime in December. And then we'll go from there. Oh, how fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I exciting. love that there's this whole community of people in L.A., young, um, young enough to appreciate uh-huh. the older buildings uh-huh. that, like... Um, I'm very uh, friendly with a company called Group 33, uh-huh. or the 1933 group, I should say. And they saved the Formosa a Cafe and put it back. It looks like a movie set in there. Oh. They saved a bowling alley down in Highland Park. Oh. They saved a, a barrel restaurant that's like the shape of a barrel in North Hollywood. Um, they're they're amazing. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, they're, you, they would be great for you to have on. Um, oh, I will. <laughs> but they're I very, very it. fascinating people, and they'll tell you how they get around these sort of people fighting uh-huh. to take buildings down. But they, mm. they somehow, they prevail. Who does sit down? Los Angeles has a lot of iconic signage. I know that this is also a focus of your preservation efforts, correct? Yes. I love that. I love signs. Um, I do too. There's a uh, an incredible museum in the Valley called the Valley Relics Museum. Uh-huh. Just Google it and you won't believe your eyes. He's He has every neon sign that's ever existed that's, that does exist still. It's there uh, oh, from yeah. the San Fernando Valley, San Fernando Valley down to, into Hollywood to all over SoCal. Um, and that is quite something. You, you and Phil should go see that. It's, it's oh, quite yeah. remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I say, you know, it's great that Rome has the Sistine Chapel, but we have the Valley Relics Museum, oh. which I... Literally, I'm giving it the most love I possibly can. Oh, and it, tell us again where it is. Thank you. It's in. Okay, so it's it's in it's in the valley. <laughs> this is Valley Relics Museum, and uh, he he he's got air. He it's like airport hangers that he uses. You know, cause it's really? so huge, and he's there's old pinball machines and old <gasps> uh, arcade games. But the but the neon signs. He's got the old Ben Frank sign, the old Tiffany Theater sign. He's got an old Chinese theater sign. Um, it's it loves. Remember loves wow, and, yes. and Bob's Big Boy and Dairy Queen and <laughs> he has probably spent a fortune. He has collecting he has. these signs. I love. Nobody's that. doing what he's doing on that scale. I mean, we're all trying to preserve, but he's on another level. He is the Walt Disney of I love it. neon signs. I see you've got neon here. I um, loved it. Yeah, no, you'll love it. I and love neon signs. So there are people like him. 
that uh, that do this. And you know, if he sees a if he sees a building going down and it's historic and they have a neon sign on there, I don't care if it's an old liquor a liquor store uh-huh. or a convenience store, he's there with his Valley Relic Hunters oh, trucks, and they 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 work with the city and they they take it down safely and. They they restore it and they put new light bulbs in it and, and, it's, oh, and it's unbelievable. God bless him. I know. Now, does he do it for his museum type place or does he sell f- them? He was no, he doesn't sell them. Uh, once in a while, maybe we'll he'll, he'll loan them out to like a Tarantino movie uh-huh. or called Thomas Anderson oh. or something. But um, no, they're really for the museum. Oh, I love it. And he gets a lot of donations too because now people uh-huh. know him. Yeah, and they'll say. Well, we're going to lose this building. It'd be a shame if the neon sign ends up in the trash, but he'll come get it. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I always think it's interesting that many of the film studios are no longer in Hollywood. Do you think the rich entertainment presence is still there despite this? It's a really hard question because Hollywood Boulevard is changing so much and it's a little more like a Times Square now in New York. Yeah. Which I guess is good because a lot of people are there. It's still exciting, but um, I still love Hollywood. I do feel a presence there. I mean, just a couple months ago, they were filming the new Lucy movie, and mm-hmm. I came around the corner, and there was the Desi Lu, you know, gate um, that they had recreated. Oh. So there's always like elements of surprises. You never know when you're driving in Hollywood what you might see on the street. Like I, as I was coming here, the Troubadour has Linda Ronstadt and Tim Buckley on the marquee because oh. they're shooting a series for Netflix, and just down the street. Last week, they they transformed the Viper Room into its prior club called Filthy McNasty's. Uh-huh. So I think after Quentin Tarantino did once made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he used L.A. as actually the sets, rather than doing them on sound stages and recreating a lot, he just said, "Let's just put the streets back the way they used to be." Oh. Um, and he did it right, you know, taking an entire block of Hollywood Boulevard and turning it back to 1969 with oh. everything from moccasins in the window, you know, to like flyers for the Shrine Auditorium. Uh-huh. Um, not just hippie, hippie stuff with mm-hmm. peace signs. I mean, he really studied what was in those wow. windows back then. So yeah, I do feel the sense of Hollywood after I saw that. You know, just a side note, when Quentin Tarantino did the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, that actually took place right down the street from our home. And I actually, every day I drive home, I look over when I drop by and, and I think about it. And when he was filming it, it was, of course, it's a very narrow street and there was a lot of traffic and we knew they were filming the movie. Mm-hmm. Then when we watched the movie, I was so impressed at the lengths he went to to turn our street into that time. Yes, very impressed. Very impressed. Saw that movie 37 times in yes. the theater. So. Yes. It was an amazing yeah. movie. Well, why do you think we view vintage Hollywood as more glamorous? Because it is. Because it is. Because <laughs> it was. Um, I don't know. I just saw they did a big Gucci runway. Um, amazing on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I I watched it on online and I said, that's the most glamour I've seen on Hollywood Boulevard since the 30s. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's not like it can't come back. But I just think that, you know, look, women wore more dresses mm-hmm. and 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 men wore, well, men always look great because they don't have that much to choose from, you know, yeah. if they want to yeah. wear their tux or a suit. But um, no, there's beautiful glamour out there. I mean, like, I love the Oscars. I'll always watch the Oscars for, yes. for um, but that's a separate thing. I mean, you're supposed to look like that at the Oscars. Yes. But I think they look like that just going out for a yes. Friday night at Ciro's uh, to go dancing, to go for um, lunch with their friends. I really think they they do. You look at pictures and 
there's a, a great book called Out with the Stars, if you can get it, by Jim Hyman. And you look at pictures of Lana Turner and oh. Ava Gardner on a Friday night at the Trocadero. And yes. they look like they're going to the Oscars. And yes. it's a regular night. Yes. So that glamour I love. And I wish that would come back. I do too. And I think if people do it, people appreciate it. No one's going to look at you like they're overdressed. I agree. You know, I think that we do live in a great city for that individuality wear what you want. You know, yes. I think we, we will let, we'll let you in whatever you're wearing. <laughs> I love, I love glamour. I love clothes. I love makeup. I love yeah. hair. Yep. I, I, that's, you know, I loved that part of moving to LA. And, and that is never going to go away. I mean, we're always going to have some great, like there's a great, great, great place called Vibrato up. I don't know if you know about oh, that. Oh, Right. Yes. Like we Herb, Herb, Albert. Herb Albert's place, yes. you know, that looks like an old supper club from yes. the, from the forties, you yes. know, I mean, so they're there, and then you've got the. Uh, I have some of his uh, sculptures in my home. Oh, you are very lucky because that yes. man is that. I'm I'm a huge Herb Albert fan, and the yes. daughter's been one of my best friends for many oh, years. Yes, I have three that are two yeah. stories high in my she, foyer. She did bring me to one of his at Bergamon Station. He was showing some of his sculptures, yes. and they're oh, amazing. Wow, is he? I have the last three before he took them to London. Good for from you. The Aquatic series. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, I Black. am envious. He's so talented. He and that's is. like his first, I think that's like his first love. I think he so too. Really you can loves tell. To it's a yeah. Love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He's amazing. I Bravado know. is a beautiful, you do feel like you've walked back in time when you go yes. in there. Yes. And we don't, you know, the that's, decor, yes. everything. And even like the little Catalina Jazz Bar Club. Like yes. that's, I mean, I've seen some fancy schmancy, you know, dresses in there yes. and throwing it back, you know, if they're doing oh. 1940s big bands yes. and everybody kind of gets into it. So it's always going to be there. Vintage is always going to be a hot topic. Yeah. You know, whether it's a period film or Gucci's throwing it back, which they do a lot. Um, the 70s are, you know, it's always going to be platform shoes. Look you know, this. you were talking about Gucci. Look at this piece of art right here. I this love. is Carl Lagerfeld doing his fashion show in Times Square. I noticed that when Isn't I walked that in. Isn't that fun? It is fantastic. I've never seen that before. I just love, I, I love fashion. Me too. And I was so happy to see that, yeah. that Gucci yes. um, event Gucci. on yes. Hollywood Boulevard, which, and I can't Amazing. wait for House of Gucci. I can't either. <laughs> so tell us about your venture, Vintage LA. So Vintage LA sort of started as a fluke, I have to say. Yeah. I Back in the day, well, for me, back in the day, I used to produce a show called Mysteries and Scandals yes. on entertainment television. Yes. And I did like 100, well, we did 150 episodes, my my whole crew. And uh, that's where I sort of really got more of a deep dive into Hollywood history and noir oh. and crime and, yeah. <laughs> and the flip side of yeah. Hollywood, the dark side yeah. of Hollywood. And um, through that, uh, I got very interested in also what Hollywood looked like. So I started collecting a lot of old pictures of Hollywood, old photographs. And then when Facebook came around, the social media came around, I started a page just for fun, yeah. thinking 10 friends would be on it, vintage <gasps> Los Angeles. And now it's like, I don't know, half a million. <gasps> That's so it's wonderful. really fun. It's been 10 years now <gasps> and it's opened up this whole door. And what I love about it is it's socially, it's very interactive. Yes. And we today is it's about interaction. You know, everything is kind of virtual and, yeah. and everyone wants to make a comment. And yeah. my page is very friendly. Oh, I love that. <laughs> There's no um t- we don't we don't say anything bad about anyone. I love that. Yeah, we're we're a safe zone. Everyone loves my page because they say they get away from politics, they get away from sports fights, you know, like love they're not that. fighting about anybody. But we talk about um 
you know, I'll just throw up something like, remember the hamburger Hamlet and, or remember Ben Franks and like maybe the third or fourth comment in is, I met my wife there or my father built it. Um, when you have that many people on your page, that happens on every thread. Something oh. remarkable will happen where you're like, oh my gosh, this person's father owned it in back in the day. And then you get their stories. So you're learning more about LA yes. than you would in a book or in a class. Yes. Or um, it's it's hundreds of people coming together, thousands of people telling all their stories. I've got uh, one one person who follows me on there who's my one of my favorite followers. He's 95, <gasps> and he oh. was James Dean's friend. And he wrote a book about James Dean. His name is Lou Bracker. <gasps> and he contributes fabulous stories about what L.A. was like in the 30s. Oh, my god! In the 40s and, <gasps> and where he went with James Dean, where they would eat. Um, we love you, Lou. Yeah, you should have Lou on. <laughs> Lou should. is vintage LA. And that's oh. what he always says. He always says, I am vintage LA. You know? And uh, I want to record him and make sure his his stories are preserved forever because <gasps> once he's gone, oh, those stories I go with them. You know, and that's another thing. You can film and record your loved ones, yep. you know, when they get older. They do not have to be famous. That's this is so for true. your family legacy. That's so true. You know, grandfathers that were in World War II. I wish I'd recorded more of my dad. He was in yes. World War II. Oh. I mean, imagine my dad was on Iwo Jima and I don't have any interviews <gasps> with asking him about it. Wow. Um, so that's now what I'm into is, is more reporting, even more than a preservationist. I'm more of a reporter of story and getting people's stories out, doing what you do, oh. talking to people. Yeah. Um, and and uh, documenting yes the, the the town's history. Oh, I love it. That's a very good idea to share with other people to just document their stories and how important they are to you. We used to sit down every Christmas and Philip would interview our sons and talk about that year mm-hmm. when they were just very little. Sure, I just See, that's like, so good. I mean, I just I everybody has a story. Yeah, everybody. You've yes. lived a long life. You've got. Stories. Yes. <laughs> How wonderful. So we've come to a time in the podcast that we do with every podcast, and that's play a game. Do you like playing games? No. You don't? <laughs> oh. But with you, I'm sure I will You're have a good love time. It. Okay. Because we create the games. It's only because I'm scared. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We create the games, and the game okay, is always okay. focused on our topic. Okay. Oh, so, oh, oh well, then I will like this one. You're going to love it. Okay. Today's game was a no-brainer. We're going to spill our favorite <laughs> L.A. secrets Ooh. so that anyone visiting can experience the best of this beautiful city. That I can play. Okay. So let's get started. Okay. Okay. So first secret to share, favorite L.A. restaurant and your favorite dish from the restaurant. <laughs> okay. So you can go first or I'll go first. You decide. You go first. Oh. Okay, so let's see. My favorite L.A. restaurant is going to be Craig's because my favorite dish from Craig's is the ribeye steak. And I always have to have their mashed potatoes. I'm kind of boring, but Craig's and it's the ribeye steak and mashed potatoes. Okay, I I love Craig's and... uh... But I'm going to go across the street. Okay. What is it? <laughs> it is Dantana's. It is my favorite yes. restaurant. So um, since I've been going there since I've been a kid. Yeah. And I know, they're all like family to me. I know all the waiters and all yes. the major deeds. And they're like my family. Yes. See them on Christmas, you know. Um, oh. Chicken Parmesan without fail, although I've been really into their manicotti lately. Ooh. And they have the best white fish. 
Mm-hmm. And then in Hollywood, I have to give a shout out to Moose on Frank because they're 102 years old and wow. they have sand dabs. Never heard of it. They're, they're, it's a rare fish. Oh. And you, you go, I'll take you. Okay. I would love to take you. Okay. I would love to take you to my, like, to a beautiful vintage restaurant. And, oh, and they, uh, there's so many things there. I, I like old continental cuisine. Like, I yeah. like old, like, the I don't know, um, you know, stuff like they have the celery with the blue cheese on it. Oh, yeah. That. I love that. You know, like, and like um, baked potato with the works. Oh, and, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I want to go. I, I, and there's steams, there, there, there's spinach, and there. Oh, anyway, their sand dabs are great. Their fillets are great. If you're a steak eater, I am. And if not, they they actually have fantastic seafood. I I love okay. them. So those two are my favorite. But okay. I don't, I'm getting in trouble because I have a lot of friends who own restaurants. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, number two, favorite place to grab a drink. Wow. Okay. Um, I would say. I really like to have a drink at the Tower Bar. I also like the Formosa, too. I think that's a great place to I, have a cocktail. Where is it? Um, uh, Santa Monica and Formosa. Okay. Santa Monica, like uh, by La Brea. Okay, I've never heard of it. Okay, yeah. I've never been there, but And uh, that's fun. a little, it's a hole in the wall, but it's great. It's not actually a hole in the wall. It used to be a hole in the wall, and now it's a very, it's been put back in high glamour, and it's oh, really good beautiful. It looks like a movie set when you walk in. 1930s oh. like explosion. So those two, oh, I, and I like the know. sunset. I like the sunset marquee. Okay, good to know. You know I like hotel. I actually like hotel bars. Okay, and then there's um, but there's all kinds of. I mean, the, the Prince downtown is amazing too, where they shot Chinatown. Oh my gosh! I mean, I've never been there either. I usually would go with, to the Polo Lounge because it's that's close to great my house. too. But for drinks. Wow. You know? Okay. Although I love the Polo Lounge for the McCarthy salad. Well, <laughs> it's close to my house, so we'll go there a lot sometimes yeah, it's, just it's, to eat. And, and that's old Hollywood, too. It's, I love you. Yeah, you know, I mean, Howard it. Hughes and Bob Evans and, you know, they all had telephones yes. at their booths and yes. did all their, you know. Okay. Number three. Favorite Hollywood celebrity icon. God. Do you want to go first? Okay. Go I on. would love to have dinner with Warren Beatty. Yes. <laughs> Because I love that he was not only this just most handsome man mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. but a great director. Really? Yeah. Yes. And I and I love the seventies. And so yes. and I love what he put out in the seventies. And I like that era. Yes. I would love to just talk to him about making the movie Shampoo and oh, yeah. um and Bugsy is a great movie. I, I when he played uh, Howard I mean he played Bugsy Siegel. Yeah. yeah. Um and uh, and and of course Robert Redford would be amazing. To, yeah, yeah, to, I think to so. Speak with. You know who came to my mind just now, and I, re- I have a lot of energy for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, well, that's on my list because <laughs> you just named, you just talked about him, and I think he's brilliant. He is. He's changed. I'm not because he's industry. my favorite, yeah. but I, but I no, have but a lot of energy right now for him. He's. I've 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 been fortunate to spend time with him. And uh, it's fascinating. <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, not as much time as I'd like to, but I. We know each other, uh-huh. and it's and he's just yeah. Just, I'm fascinated by him. My yeah. boys love his movies. Philip loves him. So that's who I'll say right now. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place to watch a sunset? My roof. It's so <laughs> funny. I was going to say my balcony off our ba- off our bedroom. I yeah. I say that because uh, I live in a high rise condo uh-huh. in, in West Hollywood. That's the highest you can go. So it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, when the sun comes down, so I, I go up there once, once I don't know, once a week or something. Oh, how wonderful! But I also like to um, go all the way up Doheny. Yeah, go, to go up Doheny to the highest point. 
Uh-huh. And that is so, that's a spectacular view that nobody knows about. Oh. Just go all the way up Doheny where it ends, and you won't believe. <gasps> you don't even have to go to Mulholland or, you know, you go right up there. And oh my God, it's pretty really? amazing. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Favorite tourist. Favorite tourist attraction. It sounds funny when I say it. favorite tourist attraction. Well, I'm a big Disneyland fan, so I go to, I go to Disneyland. <laughs> Really? I really yes. do. Yeah, I love Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love Disneyland. I I like that's my only amusement park that I really really in, enjoy going to. <laughs> I'm not crazy about going to Disneyland. I'll be honest with you. Our youngest son loves to go there with his friends and have I don't know how long it's been since he's gone. But um, I'm gonna say my favorite tourist attraction is the Hollywood side. Yeah, the Hollywood the thing. I, yes, and I'm glad that we can get closer to it these days. You know, when I was growing up, we couldn't even we couldn't even hike up there. You could see it from a distance, but it is pretty spectacular. The Hollywood Bowl is pretty great, too. It is great. <laughs> I've seen my son has performed there. We've been there to see our son perform at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't believe I didn't say my favorite tourist attraction here is a Dr. Phil show taping. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassed to say that. But I will say while walking on the lot to the studio to see him tape his show, I can see the Hollywood side. But there's just something so nostalgic and so... That's he's a Paramount, right? Yes. Yeah. I love seeing that's that my Hollywood favorite studio. Side. Yes, that's I love my favorite that studio. studio. Not just because The Godfather yeah. was shot there, but it truly is the epit. It's it's just it is Hollywood. It is. You Hollywood. know those gates, those yes. Paramount gates, those- the name Paramount, everything about yes. it. Yes, I, love I had it. jobs on that on that lot, and I just I took the jobs because the job was uh, on the lot. Yeah, I love the lot. <laughs> you know, you, I New never York get Town sick of it. It's on yeah. that lot. Never get it. sick of it. Never yeah. ever get tired of being on any studio lot. Yeah, the energy there is amazing. Yeah. It's where all the creativity yeah. is. Yeah. So the last one, favorite LA memory. <gasps> wow, mm. so many. Um, there is, I mean, I think seeing Lucy. I bet. You know, seeing Lucy at the Hamburger Hamlet when I was a young girl. <gasps> I remember it like yesterday because, you know, I'm. we all grew up on Lucy reruns and in the 70s, I just loved Lucy till I was about seven years old. I saw her there and followed her into the restroom and she wrote me an autograph, <gasps> on, you know, and she, she, she was, she was, she was Lucille Ball, not Lucy that night. Oh, <laughs> so really? I got to meet the real Lucille Ball, oh. uh, which was a t- totally different person, but just as fascinating and you could just feel a power in her. I wasn't used to women that be that strong. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, don't screw with her. I don't want to screw with yeah. her, you know? Yeah. So it has to be my favorite memory because I just loved her so much. And I have that memory of like, you don't remember a lot when you're six yeah. or seven. That's one of them. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. And I did get to interview Peter Falk at his house many, many years ago, who I'm a huge Columbo fan. So interviewing him was was a highlight. I've interviewed a lot of people, but that was a big one for me. Oh, that's <laughs> spectacular. Yeah, we, yeah. I loved him. I, I, he's my favorite. In fact, what celebrity icon, when you ask that question, might have to go back to Peter Falk? <laughs> oh, you know, I might have to go back to Cher. Yes, actually. right. I mean, oh, the women alone. Now so many are coming oh, to me. Oh, my God. Nancy Sinatra. I love her, too. Oh, I love her. <laughs> oh, how so I hope I haven't had my favorite L.A. memory yet because I have so many and life is just getting better. So at this point, I think I'm going to have to say the, that very first day he Philip taped his first show mm-hmm. here started a whole new life for us that has just been phenomenal. So I'm going to have to say that day. But uh, we love L.A. 
And I've loved having you here on this podcast. Sadly, it, that brings us to the end of this super fun episode. <laughs> and before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. So do you have one major secret that has dramatically impacted your life? Well, something happened to me recently that I thought was pretty great. I play instruments, but I never really told anyone. (laughs) And I used to play drums a little bit back when I was about 20 years ago or whatever, and then I let it go. And then after what I'm doing here and I've kind of known a little bit, I never talked about it. And recently I interviewed Gina Shock, the drummer of the Go-Go's, and I took her over to a drum shop and we were shooting it for Spectrum and she gave me some sticks and she said, why don't you play a little bit? And I think everyone, my whole crew was like, she won't be able to play like her. (laughs) And I started playing and I, I, I kept up with her and I hadn't played in like 15 years. So there's a reason I'm telling that story is if there's something you think you're good at, please do it. Because if I hadn't done that, I would have put, now I want to go back and practice and play again. Oh, and I feel like there's chills. things in like I know it's it's part of, I've always, don't be embarrassed or feel if you're not good at something that people will think you're not good at it. Yeah. You are good at it. You'll get better at it. Or maybe you're already good at it and you don't know it. Yeah. And I just felt like I put that online and I had more attention about that than anything I've ever done for Vintage oh. LA because they were like, you have a little bit of like this hidden talent we didn't know about. And I was, I was too embarrassed to, oh. or shy about it. I'm not embarrassed, shy about it. Uh-huh. So my secret is there are things we can do that sometimes we don't realize we can do because we might be too shy. And you're really a star at it. I, was, I wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think that's wonderful. That is a fabulous secret. Go out and really do what you think you might not be able to do, but yes, actually you can only, be I mean, a star. I'm, I just I just turned 50, and I think that is a big part of it, too, Yeah, is you think like, oh, I'm 50, and am I going to, you know, I should have done it 30 years ago? Exactly. No. Exactly. No, do it now. Do it. It is never too late. Thank you so much for having me. This was so oh fun. I God. felt like I was just in your living room. I do, too. I love it I here. do, too. I wish this could go on for days. I actually. wish we could go to the Tower Bar now. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. One of these days. So now please tell the listeners how to find both you and Vintage LA online. So Vintage Los Angeles is on uh, Twitter. Vintage Los Angeles is on Facebook. And I am Allison Martino on Instagram. And it's you'll see all the content on all, all the different platforms. Oh, that's just fantastic. So Secret Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for even more fun. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>